यू आर लिस्निंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट Hello and welcome to Mint Dialogues, a weekly podcast where we focus on the big questions in personal finance and investing. My name is Neil Borate and I head the personal finance team at Mint. I will be your host for this podcast. The podcast is a Mint production and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Hi hello everyone I am Abhinav Kaul and welcome to this Clubhouse Meet where we're going to discuss crypto taxation and regulations if cryptocurrencies have made you prosperous uh, you will need to keep certain aspects in mind when disclosing your gains in an income tax return form uh, we'll also look at what might be the legal status of crypto in India uh, one hygiene announcement before we begin this session is being recorded and will become a part of mint podcast the format of this meet uh, will be a discussion of half an hour Uh, at first and a Q&A session in the later half so to discuss crypto taxation and regulations today on the panel we have uh, mr amit singhania partner at uh, shardul amarchand mangaldas and company divya baveja partner at deloitte india matthew chako partner at spice root legal and mr navin wadwa deputy general manager at taxman uh, amit if you can begin with you the income tax department hasn't come up with any clarification on the tax implications on the gains earned from crypto transactions uh, then how should we look at crypto taxation in this context so yes abina so as you rightly mentioned income tax department has not issued any formal clarification i think the part of the reason is that it is still not recognized as a legal tender of money and uh, maybe the volume is not that much significant which warrant the income tax department to issue a clarification having said so there are investors in this particular market there are people who are doing trading there are people who are doing mining and uh, these and this particular section of people is always grappling with the tax certainty in terms of their uh, receipts the taxation of their receipts or taxation of gains realized by them so let me just divide just for the sake of discussion let me just divide the, the crypto investors or the people who do uh, who indulge into the trading into two parts one is the who are the miners and another one who only do the trading that means buying and selling so first of all in terms of the miners of the crypto currency to to the extent they are undertaking as a as a part of their business it should be classified to be the business income because they are undertaking this particular activity as a as as a matter of their business they are making the investment they are realizing the gain by virtue of the sale of the cryptocurrency so it should be regarded as a business activity and whatever the capex the capital expenditure that they are making should be capitalized and appropriate depreciation eligible depreciation should be made available to them and whatever revenue expenditure that they are making in terms of the office admin expenses server related maintenance of the server related expenses should be deductible from their revenue receipts and the sale of the currency should be regarded as a revenue receipt so this is in relation to the miner however still abit uh, this class uh, yeah. for the listeners if you can explain some of these terms uh, revenue receipt and uh, other uh, technical aspects yeah so so basically when i say the revenue receipts is basically the gross receipt which received by the miner from the sale of the cryptocurrency because if the activity of crypt, crypt, uh, activity of cryptocurrency is being regarded as a business income 
then the um, then the revenue that one can envisage from this activity is the sale of the cryptocurrency so the sale of the gross receipt from the sale of cryptocurrency should be regarded as a receipt liable to be taxed after taking into account the eligible deduction so just like any other business you need to prepare your profit and loss account you need to account for your receipt you need to account for your expenses but need to prepare your profit and loss account and then come up with a net profit eligible or liable to pay tax upon it right uh, if you talk about uh, retail investors and investors in general uh there be what are the uh, aspects of taxation that they should keep in mind right so abhinav i would just continue from where amit left see when i look at the investors there could be two categories of people one who are making an investment here as a hobby uh, which is not as a part of their regular trade or business there uh, the issue could be more in the context of whether it can be taxed as capital gains and or not and the other is where uh, amit mentioned that people who are doing it as a regular trade there it would be uh, it should be categorized as profit and gains of business and profession i think the underlying part is that you know right now the this is not legal in india so therefore the sword is hanging in terms of whether it should be legal or not and therefore authorities need to really look at that and come out with some kind of a uh, some provisions or a position on that yeah but i would uh, you said right you said uh, it's not legal in india can you elaborate on that part so the rbi has mentioned that any of these transactions are not legal here while though there's a supreme court ruling which says that this should be taken as a property but uh, rbi has clearly indicated that this is not legal so but that is anyway that is more on the legality part but coming from the tax point of view as amit said depends on you know whether someone is doing it more as a regular as a regular business for gaining some income or whether it is someone who's doing more as a hobby and therefore it should be capital gain so that distinction one needs to really look at yeah so uh, what are the points of confusion or ambiguity when it comes to taxation or regulation of crypto in india so i'll just pick up one point say for example when we talked about the miners here <laughs> the issue is in the context that okay if i were to say that someone is doing more as a hobby and it is not my regular uh, stream of income and whether it should be capital gains or not there there are two aspects which one needs to look at that is there uh, is there something which can be exchanged or not uh, because capital gain could arise only if there is something which can be exchanged and the other is that what would be my cost of acquisition uh, because to compute capital gain the cost of acquisition plays an important role and if i am not able to say in case of a minor if uh, if a uh, minor means m i n e r uh, the person who is really you know indulging in this uh there if i am not able to really calculate the cost of acquisition then it becomes difficult to really arrive at the capital gains and this gets fortified by a supreme court old supreme court ruling which was in case of bc srinivasa shetty where they said that if the provisions of the capital gain comp- cannot be the computational provision cannot be applied then it cannot be regarded as it cannot be charged to uh, tax as capital gains yeah so these are some of the things which could really come into play in terms of the challenges that could arise 
right uh, so like there is a lot of uh, like ambiguity over the taxation and the regulations uh, navin uh, if a uh, individual is filing an itr today so what are the factors uh, he or she should keep in mind yeah abhinav uh, so f- again uh, amit and divya has already mentioned that first you need to categorize identify the nature of profits you are generating from selling or mining of the bitcoins so once you identify the nature as they have rightly put it they can be either ca- categorized as a business income or as a capital gains so if it's a business income then you have to pick up itr3 if you are an individual and you have to uh, show the revenue you are generating from selling or uh, from mining a bitcoin you have to show it in your on on the credit side of your pnl statement and whatever expenditure you have incurred these expenditures could be Uh, the equipment you are buying, the electricity charges, because generally the electric electricity charges are too much. In fact, I was reading uh, somewhere that uh, these days generating a uh, mining a bitcoin is not uh, easy or is is a costly affair if you are generating it in a country wherein the electric electricity charges are too much. So you have to generate uh, these uh, bitcoins in a country where these charges are on a little lower side. So these all are expenditures you have you can claim. uh from the revenue generated from the bitcoins so that is the business receipt part but if you we talk about the capital gain so on the capital gain aspect i slightly disagree with divya uh that uh, if you are mining a bitcoin obviously on mining there won't be any capital gain just when you mine a new bitcoin capital gain will definitely arise when you sell it so when you sell it uh so one school of thought says there is no cost of acquisition of mining uh, uh, a bitcoin but this another school of thought which says the whatever expenditure you are incurring on the electricity charges on the equipment you are buying or on the resources you have deployed to do all the arithmetic calculations that would be taken as the cost of generating a bitcoin so this is bitcoin is not something which generates automatically like a tree in a in an agricultural land so this is something you have to put in some efforts your labors are going in your your calculations are going in so all these cost become part of your cost of acquisition since there is no guidance on this aspect as of now so my suggestion should be if you have mined a bitcoin and you have sold it so it's advisable that you claim those expenditure as your cost of acquisition and compute the capital gain and offer it in your itr2 if you don't have any other income just salary income and the gain from the bitcoin then you have to file return in itr2 so in idea to uh, if you uh, if you have held these bitcoins for more than 36 months then these are long term capital assets and uh, if it's less than 36 months these are short term capital assets so this classification is important uh, because the tax rates are on lower side in case of long term capital asset and the tax rates are on higher side in case of short term capital asset so it's a long term it's taxable at 20% you can claim the indexation benefit means the cost you have incurred Uh, you can uh, uh, multiply it with the ci of the relevant years and uh, uh, reduce this amount from the final value you realize on selling these bitcoins and the remaining amount should be offered to tax in your itr in uh, the schedule of capital gains so that's my uh, point on uh, the taxability and the disclosure in the itr just one point right. abhinav i want to clarify sure. yeah i mean you know i agree with navin on that my only point which i was bringing out was that the challenges that could come in determining what would be my cost of acquisition while i agree that if i am using it as an investment then when i sell it if it is more than 36 months it will be capital gain or less will be short term 
the issue was more in the context of that how do i determine the cost of acquisition where the ambiguity could arise yeah uh yeah, like one more uh, classification of profits could be business income of or gains so if if today i'm an investor uh, how should i make sure how how to uh, see which category i am i'm placed in business income or gains uh, if uh, anyone navin if you would like to take that up uh, actually i didn't understand the question so business income or gains they would be same thing if uh, uh, we have to really consider this point uh, whether in terms of if we consider in, in terms of trading or investing okay okay so actually there is no clarity or as such on this aspect so it's really a very bleak line how would you define whether it's a capital gain or it's a business income so it depends on a lot of factors your intentions so you are a casual investor so you just make investment uh, uh, you know once in a while or very few transactions have been done in a year so your intentions the frequency of transactions you have undertaken uh, do you maintain your books of account so actually there is a circular the same issue arises in case of shares so as you know in case of shares if uh, this is a capital gain it's uh, taxable at a lower rate uh, at the rate of 10% if it's a capital long term and short term at the rate of 15% but if these gains can be taxable under the head business income then the income would be taxable as per your applicable tax rate so this issue generally arises in case of shares and in that aspect cbt has already issued a circular wherein they have uh, given a few uh, checkpoints to categorize again into capital gain or business income so in absence of any clarity on this aspect it would be really safe if we can uh, use the same circular to cla- to to classify the gains from bitcoins into business income and the capital gains uh thank you navin uh matthew i want to talk to you about uh, nfts their demand have picked up in india in a big way uh but when it comes to regulations can nfts be treated like let's say bitcoin ether or dogecoin um so the good thing about nfts and and before i begin um for everyone's benefit i'm the only non tax lawyer in this uh panel i think uh but nft is a great topic to talk about um um i think by and large nfts hello can you hear me yes we can yeah so by and large nfts and their correlation to bitcoin at least from a legal perspective is false um it does not have um for example if you look at the you know the rbi circular that i think divya mentioned which purported to stop people from using cryptocurrencies and which the court thereafter struck down as unconstitutional uh, none of the logic for that rbi um, you know circular applied to nfts so from a legality perspective a uh, regulatory perspective nst the the cloud around legality of 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 cryptos that exist in india which ideally shouldn't but that exists today uh does not exist over nfts it's fairly clear that nfts generally are legal however when it comes to taxation of nfts uh particularly when you are investing in nfts as an investment i think like divya and navin said then all the um cryptocurrency related uh investment principles that navin divya and amit described would all apply um uh, notable differences that i have with 
with, I mean, obviously as not as a tax lawyer, but the advice that we've received is another way of benchmarking, say, cost of acquisition of either an NFT or a currency um, is by looking at market practices and saying, okay, this is the market cost. And therefore, you can assume that this is the acquisition costs, you know, that you've done, even if you're, you know, mining um, cryptocurrency or developing an NFT. Um, so le legally, NFT is not comparable to cryptocurrency. From a tax perspective, I think there would be, and again, Amit, Divya, and Naveen, correct me if you disagree, but from a tax perspective, I think an NFT uh, would be treated very similar to how a cryptocurrency would be treated. Uh, Matthew, uh, so principally I do agree with your point of view, but there's one more point. I won't say I disagree, but there's one more point I think I should highlight it. And that is uh, for section 56. Uh, so what that section says, so basically in uh, layman's language, we call this provision gift tax. So it's, uh, the scope of it is much larger than that. So uh, section 56, it says if some money has been given to someone uh, without educate or without consideration, then it is charged to tax if that value is more than 50,000 rupees. Right. So on this aspect, whether cryptocurrencies or virtual currencies can be categorized as money or legal tender, whereas NFT can by, uh, you know, without any imagination can be categorized into money or legal tender. But yes, cryptocurrencies can be categorized into on a, in a broader sense into money because uh, there are few countries which has uh, which have given uh, the uh, status of uh, legal currency to uh, to to bitcoins and the recent example is El Salvador, which has uh, officially recognized its official currency. But whether it's a legal tender or not in Indian context, definitely it's not a legal tender because the RBI says uh, the bank currency or notes only can these be legal tenders. But whether it's money or not, yes, it can be money because if uh, if something has been recognized as a currency in a foreign country then definitely it's a foreign currency when it's a foreign currency it's a money for us because it can be used uh, in a transaction so when it's money then definitely if i'm gifting a bitcoin to someone who is not a relative or not during any any uh, occasion so just take an example so i am gifting a bitcoin of one lakh rupees to one of my friend on his birthday i'm not saying on his wedding but on his birthday so in that situation, the value of that Bitcoin shall be charged to tax in my friend's hand. But on the other side, if I gift an NFT to my friend, then definitely it's not taxable as money. But can it be charged to tax uh, in the in the remaining clause where it, wherein it covers art or drawings? So that's point of further discussion. But definitely it's, it's on the money front, we can categorize, we can classify from uh, a, from a, a <coughs> cryptocurrency and an NFT, so that's the add-on point I wanted to make. Right. So I just uh, agree with you to a large extent, hmm. uh, but your your exception would only apply to that small sliver sliver of crypto assets that have been declared to be money. So there's there's very few that have the characteristics of money, and there hmm. is still a small subset which have officially been recognized as money by one or two countries, right? Um, so that would be a very small sliver and perhaps might be a good advice to stay away from that because, um, you know, then you have all kinds of FEMA issues that might crop up as well. 
Um, so that's one. Um, second, on NFTs, again, I think we could divide it into two. The, the class of people who, or, or maybe three, the class of people who uh, purchase NFTs as a hobby, similar to the class of people who purchase paintings as a hobby, uh, the class of people who purchase NFTs to trade, um, and that's also, um, you know, again, similar to people who would buy and sell paintings or invest in art. And the third or class of people who actually paint or the class of people who generate NFT. Um, I think similarities can be found in the crypto world. For example, there can be a person who offers, you know, a, a, an initial coin offering. Um, we haven't done one in the last two years. But before that, before the RBI circular <coughs> was not unheard of, there are some Indian coin offerings. That's one. Um, the second is, you know, those like, like I have a cousin who uh, every Saturday buys one, one cryptocurrency that he randomly feels just for fun. Um, and then there are people who trade um, and all of those, the traders will clearly be subject to either capital gains or business income, as you guys have you know, described it. Um, the miners, etc. I'm still not very clear, but I would imagine if you're mining or staking um, as a business, then that would be business income, and therefore, you know, it'll, it'll be some kind of an asset generated as part of business. That would be the tax implication of that. Um, and I'm not too sure how hobbyists for NFTs and cryptos would be treated, but I'm guessing um, perhaps not taxed because of Srinivas Shetty. I don't know. I just want to add another interesting dimension on this gift of cryptocurrency. So, as Naveen and Matthew have just touched upon section 56, so just to give you the another dimension, so I will just again reiterate the uh, provision which is section 56. So, section 56 uh, basically levy tax upon the recipient of the of a gift, and as as Naveen has mentioned, in the very loose form, it is also known as a gift tax. So, the recipient of income, any kind of a gift which a recipient is receiving, he is required to offer to, to it to tax. There are certain exceptions so, uh, to, to the applicability of this particular provision. For example, the gift between the relatives is exempt. But for example, if suppose I make a gift of Bitcoin to Naveen, assumingly. So there are three limbs to this particular uh, provision. Whether what I gifted Bitcoin qualifies to be sum of money. The second limb is whether it qualifies to be a property. Property again gets classified into two aspects, immovable property or, pro or property other than immovable property. So if I say what I have gifted to Naveen qualifies to be a property, then property has a very trite definition. Property only includes five kinds of assets, which is shares and security, drawing, archaeological um, assets, uh, immovable uh, property like land, so it has a very trite definition. Cryptocurrency has not been prescribed. So definitely uh, Bitcoin cannot be classified to be a property. The only bucket which I am left with is a sum of money. If I say Bitcoin is a sum of money and therefore it should fall within the trappings of section 56 and therefore recipient should be liable to pay tax upon the receipt of Bitcoin, then there is another dimension. If I say it's a sum of money, so then it should not be classified to be capital asset because the definition of capital assets is property of any coin. It does not include currency. If I am saying it's a sum of money, somewhere I am taking 
it to a parity to be the currency whether it's a legal tender of money or not that's a independent question from the tax perspective we don't care whether it's a legal tender of money so long as it's a sum of money which is closer to the concept of the currency then it should not qualify to be the capital asset so i'm just taking one another dimension it all depends upon what argument that we may take because we need to take a consistent argument for the purpose of definition of capital asset as well as for the purpose of interpretation of section 56 Uh, sorry, Divya, you were saying. Yeah, no, I was about to say that you know, in fact, on the taxation of these cryptocurrencies, the OECD also had published a report, and which had you know, which was prepared by participation of over fifty jurisdictions, and the report actually said that the government needs to look at certain key questions before actually you know deciding on how it should be taxed, and some of the example could be that. how should the income be treated whether it is direct or indirect tax indirect tax purposes if it is to be considered as property or not then will it be a part of my net wealth which is though there is no wealth tax in india or capital assets how would the vat systems be treated you know so some of those things are the issues which have been highlighted by oecd also in terms of the key questions that could arise or should be looked at by government when they come out with any of these legislations on taxability of crypto assets so government is in uh, un, uh, in the process of bringing out regulations regarding cryptocurrencies and uh, we are hearing that uh, they might be defined assets or commodities so how will that change taxation rules for crypto i would say till the time the tax department which is the cbdt comes out with some kind of a clarification so only the rbi if suppose if only rbi is coming out with a clarification or giving some kind of a color to the crypto currency that may or may not be that much helpful because what rbi is going to say about the legal validity of the cryptocurrency yes rbi may prescribe certain factors which have a bearing in determining whether it's going to be the business income or the capital gains income certain factor for example if rbi says uh, uh, look uh, uh, you need to hold a particular registration in order to enable you to uh, trade in the into the cryptocurrency and in case the company is engaging into the cryptocurrency and the memorandum of the article provide to be the primary activity so all these factors may give a semblance that it will classify it should classify to be a business income it could be some kind of a guiding factor from the rbi but till the time the tax department comes back and issues a detailed clarification in this regard the matter is still be under debate uh, abhinav right. may i add something sure please so uh, abhinav actually there is a draft bill on the cryptocurrencies and that bill clearly says you can't uh, possess any any cryptocurrency and that would be illegal so despite that uh, even if that uh, that bill becomes an act and it's illegal to deal or hold any bitcoin so that does not give any relaxation or there won't be any change in the taxation provision because if you are dealing if you are earning some illegal income income from an illegal activity that income would still be chargeable to tax so there can be actually two scenarios one is though it's not legal still i'm doing it through foreign exchanges so there would be separate consequences under the fema act or under the uh, banking regulation act so that would be a separate part of discussion but on the taxation front the taxation would remain same so that's the one aspect the second aspect is so let's suppose i am working uh, in a foreign country and i have been dealing with uh, dealing with cryptocurrencies and i have sold some uh, currencies and earned some capital gains 
and i moved to india and i have been in india for more than 180 days 82 days so in that situation since i have become resident of india so i would be liable to pay tax on my global income that would also include the capital gain i have earned from dealing in the those uh, cryptocurrencies while sitting outside india so in that situation i'll be liable to pay tax on that income uh, in by showing it in my indian itr and they because it's not a special category of asset so what the income tax act income tax had given relaxation on the taxability of capital gain only in two situation one is if it's a security so you can see that in case of debentures or in case of bonds gdrs equity shares so there's some relaxation in the taxability be it the tax rate to be it the period of holding and the second one is immobile property so the department has never felt the requirement of making another category of or giving relaxation obviously they can if they can say that if uh, uh, it was an illegal income that would be taxable at a higher rate and on that aspect i do agree with amit so uh, once the, it becomes an act or once the government brings out any legislation on this aspect probably they could also make changes in the tax provisions as well yeah in fact there are just to supplement what navin said there are even case laws which say that even if you were have an illegal income it is still liable to tax there's an old ruling of pyara singh which really adheres to that yeah and you're right if suppose uh, coming from a disclosure perspective in the income tax return if someone is a uh, not ordinarily resident or a non resident then if it is a foreign asset held overseas then that will not be required to be disclosed but the moment you become an ordinarily resident and tax on global income then there is a separate uh, fixed uh, fixed asset schedule under the in the income tax return which where you need to disclose all the global assets so those disclosure requirements would come into play and so yeah I'll- only when your income is above 50 lakh divya So, if uh, my income does not exceed fifty lakh rupees, I don't need to fill no, that. Fifty uh, lakh is credit. only for my asset and liabilities in India. If it is my foreign asset, there there is no limit. Okay, so all right. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So, Navin and Devya, I have a a slightly different take on. I mean, agree with you on the specifics, but a slightly different take on the proposed new law. Um, I think whatever we've heard. from the regulators informally and formally and in public fora sometimes whispers in private all of that is that perhaps the january draft of the bill in its black and white nature may not have been entirely appropriate given the developing ecosystem uh and therefore that perhaps at least from a legal perspective not from a tax perspective uh the government um might be more willing to come up with a with a with, with a law that doesn't outlaw all cryptocurrencies like the january bill proposed to so um we're hopeful um of course one never knows i think there's an internal debate within the government and the ministries on how to do this as well but one is hopeful that um we're not going to go from where we are right now to a absolute ban on cryptocurrencies abhinav i don't know if you heard of any of these rumblings um but the news is that the government might consider classifying cryptocurrencies into three or four different kinds of cryptocurrencies um obviously those which are assets um those which are currency like i guess and those which are um, which might aid in payment um now if that nuanced approach comes into play um my take on this is and if it does fingers crossed everyone my take is that then like i mean so i was in singapore 
say, 10 years ago, when the Singapore government came up with its first classification of uh, cryptocurrencies as assets or securities. What happened three to six months after that was that the, um, the revenue service in Singapore, the tax authorities in Singapore, then came out with very clear guidance on, oh, if this is the case, this is how it will be taxed. If this is the case, this is how it will be taxed. Um, I think both politically as well as, you know, kind of from an economic perspective, it would be hard um, for the tax laws not to follow general, you know, consensus that this is how cryptocurrency should be treated. So what I would expect is that if a new nuanced law were to come into play, that would... Apologies, my dog wants to get into the conversation, but um, that would encourage you know the tax authority to re-examine their positions in light of what the new law says, and hopefully we'll have clarity around mining, staking, initial offers, private sales, investments, business income, and all of that. And also the the larger question of GST and crypto exchanges. So that entire spectrum of all of that and equalization levy and all of that. All of that, I think, the base of that could be the new law that I think, while not the draft is not yet out, that I think is being considered within the government. Uh, any thoughts, Avinav? Any rumblings around that? Uh, the talks are that uh, it might be considered as a uh, asset or a commodity. So right, that, and that, then that, defined as per the use cases. Right. So that that kind of follows a U.S. system. Um, a, a test case called the Howey case in the United States has been applied very clearly by the SEC. Two tax cases and divide all, uh, not two tax cases, sorry, two, two um, cryptocurrencies and divide most cryptocurrencies into assets or commodities. Uh, sorry, uh, um, assets or currency and then, oh, sorry, or and security. And if it is a security, certain rules apply. And if it is an asset, certain rules apply. So if that's if that's the process that the Indian government is planning to follow, that's actually a big positive and something that's that's very encouraging for the crypto ecosystem. And I think tax authorities will follow suit. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, so, folks, we are opening this forum for uh, questions. Uh, if you have any question for any of our experts, you can send in and send request to us and Shipra or I will uh, add you to the uh, group. Uh, first, we have Mr. S.R. Srinivasan. Sir, if you want to ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For, and please state for whom is the question. Yeah. The, the, actually, the question is to all the CAs and attorneys, and I will explain. So, uh, I don't invest in crypto myself, but I know that quite a few people do. I would make a hypothesis that a lot of the Indians are connected to crypto in one particular way. They invest in it. So, they treat it like a uh, stock security bond or a share or whatever they treat it. They may do it slightly shorter term, but they invest in it. So if this is the biggest number of people that we are talking about, how should they treat the income from this investment? When they sell this asset that they have, either whatever time they have, could be short term, long term, how, what kind of a taxation should they apply for? I'm not talking about miners. I'm not talking about traders. I'm focusing on the people who feel that they are investing in it. Because I've got mixed opinions. Maybe there could still be mixed opinions on this. Thank you. That's why I'm saying it to all the CAs and the attorneys in this. Thank you. 
Naveen, uh, would you like to take that up? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, hello, Mr. Srinivasan. Um, so, uh, on the if, if it's a very uh, vanilla transaction wherein you have bought a Bitcoin, so I'm taking an example of Bitcoin, there can be a, a number of cryptocurrencies. Uh, so, uh, just take a simple example of a Bitcoin. I have purchased Bitcoin from an exchange and I have sold it. So now there can be two scenarios. I'm assuming it, I'm an investor. I'm not uh, dealing very frequently in the Bitcoin. So just take an example of capital gains. So you just need to consider only one thing that is the period of holding. If since you have purchased and you know the <coughs> cost of acquisition and you also know the amount at which you have sold this Bitcoin. So the next factor you need to consider is uh, the period of holding. If you have held it for more than 36 months, that would be taken as long-term capital gains. And long-term capital gains would be taxable at the rate of 20%. But you can still claim exemptions out of it. Uh, so if you, let's suppose you have uh, earned X amount of uh, capital gain from selling a Bitcoin. Then if you invest the entire consideration in a new house property, you can claim the exemptions out of it. So 54F exemptions are still available from the capital gain you earn. Provided it's a long-term capital gain from selling a Bitcoin. So that's a very simple transaction which you have asked us to explain. So if you have more nitty-gritties, you want, you want me to add more nitty-gritties, uh, Srinivasan, you are uh, free to please ask me. Thank you, Naveen. Uh, excellent answer. I think very useful answer. Uh, somehow, I may be presupposing, I thought some other people in the panel may have a different opinion because there was thing about whether this property or not. So this would this be a common uh, view from the rest of the panel too. So Mr. Srinivasan, so in your statement, you have said that uh, the person is, a, is an investor. So that is also something which we cannot take in, take, a, take for granted because uh, under the, so as it has been discussed in this particular discussion, so under the tax law, there is a circular which provides some kind of a guidance what will qualify to be an investing activity liable for capital gains and what will qualify to be an activity indulging into the business. I'm not detailing that circular, but I think there are three, four factors which one needs to keep into mind before calling himself to be the investor was first of all is the intention. Uh, with, with intention, the particular person is making an investment. If the intention is to realize capital gains or the intention is to earn the uh, business profit in the ordinary course. The second could be the frequency, uh, whether a particular person is indulging into the trade on a daily basis and that to multiple times in a day. Uh, it is, uh, or, or, a, or a person is indulging more on a capital account, uh, indulging occasionally, not very frequently. The third, I think in case of an individual could be the source of money. What is the source of money of investment? If the person has taken a loan or some kind of financing from from another institution or some from another person for the purpose of making the investment into the cryptocurrency or it is coming from its own reserve. So none of the factor could be the conclusive factor. It is basically one has to see the sum total of these factors and try to um, uh, make a conclusion whether this is an investment activity or a business activity. Yeah, so I would agree with, you know, with point that Amit and Naveen have made. So um, this is so it's important is to see what is this nature of investment. And if it is as capital gains, depending on, you know, the parameters which are there in the circular or which come out from the various rulings, if it is investment, then yes, it can be capital gain. Then depending on the period of holding, one can take a position accordingly. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think it answers my question. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Srinivasan. Next, we have Max, if you would like to ask a question now. 
Yeah, I have a question regarding this. Uh, you're discussing there's no uh, clarity on it being a property and uh, capital assets. So I have a, just a small question. If I was not sure about this to be on the safer side, if I wanted to not deprive the department of any uh, income by taking the income in the maximum slab, if I was an investor and I made a gain, is it okay if I show it as income from other sources rather than income from uh, long-term capital or short-term capital? So, if you are showing this as an income from long-term capital gain, then only you are deriving some kind of a benefit. If you are showing this as an income from other sources or the short-term capital gain, the tax rate remains the same. So, you can show because then there will be no revenue loss. So, there is no reason for the tax department to come back upon you unless you are showing as a long-term capital gains item. So, basically, there is no harm if I if I don't want to deprive the government, like the government, I can show as tax income from other sources also, right? That's income, okay. I'm, yes, I'm fine yes. with the, And also, second question, sir, we had mentioned that in the regulation, we might be taking it as a commodity or an asset. So, from a taxation point of view, how does it make a difference if it's a commodity or if it's a capital asset? Can you please throw some light on that? It is defined as an asset or commodity. I don't think so. There would be any difference as far as the calculation of capital gain is concerned. So the calculation would remain same, but on the first question which Max has asked whether if I show it as income from other sources and not as capital gains, there would be one more consequence of to that if I do that. Uh, so number uh, one uh, consequence as Amit has already highlighted. The second one is the allowability of deduction under Chapter Six A. So there are few restrictions on uh, claiming Chapter Six A deductions, means Section eighty C to eighty U from the capital gain, but that. Restriction does not apply in case of income from other sources. So if I if I show it is as my income from other sources, and eventually I claim deduction uh, under chapter section 80C to 80U, that would be against the provisions. So in that case, the consequences can fall upon. So it, my suggestion should be since there is no clar uh, there is no clarification on this aspect, but it's more inclined towards being a capital asset or being a capital gain than income from other sources so it's advisable you show it as your income from capital gain rather than other sources because there can be other consequences as well because you um, there they would be yeah if my if suppose my income from other sources for example is 4 lakh and my chapter 6a deduction is only suppose 1 lakh so mm -hmm. i still have a 3 lakh gain so even if i then again show it as a other sources of capital gain uh, i'm not depriving the government or anything that's fine so we are talking about the principle we're talking about the law so i know on, on fact to fact basis of your entire income during the risk you don't even need to file your return of income so in that situation it won't uh, impact your position so we are talking about principally so since it is a capital asset so it's advisable to show it in the capital assets uh, capital gain schedule rather than ius schedule so that's the point I wanted to make on the principal aspect. Also, so if I'm making a gain by by trading a crypto to crypto, for example, I bought Bitcoin with INR, then mm -hmm. I sold the Bitcoin to buy Ether, then I sold the Ether to buy another crypto and I made a gain on the Ether, for example. So my question is, where do I get the rate of exchange to convert to INR? Because if you're buying foreign stocks, is very well uh, given in the income tax rule that the, uh -huh. you go for the RBI reference rate and you get the currency exchange uh -huh. but in these crypto the problem is so they fluctuate on a daily basis and every exchange has its own rate so how do I uh, how do I conclude upon a nice fixed rate to take that I find that very confusing okay. Okay. So I, I'll, I'll take this up rule number 115 so it has got the complete guidance on this aspect so it says that uh, so if you're selling any asset not being a security so they're actually 
few uh, securities in which a uh, non-resident invest money that will be 115a so this another rule 115 so it says uh, that you can convert that capital gain into inr at the rate of exchange as it existed on the last day of the month immediately preceding the month in which the capital asset is transferred so in that situation you can take the tt buying rate of the preceding month to convert that capital so there must be some currency either in usd or euro or pound so you can convert that money into inr as per the tt buying rate as it existed on the last day of the preceding month so if you have exchange your bitcoin with any other currency in the month of september then you have to take the tt buying rate as on 31st august 2021 so that's how you convert you calculate your capital gain in inr So, but I was I referring to that is TT yeah. buying rate is uh, for a foreign currency. But I was saying if I'm getting yeah. a gain by uh, yeah. exchanging crypto to crypto, yeah. because for that there's no TT buying rate, na. That's uh, that's the very yeah. Issue. I was just coming to that. Uh, yeah, in case suppose you are buying and selling and settling the payment into some other cryptocurrency, so this rule may not apply. And secondly, this rule provides for an income express in foreign currency. So hmm. the way that we interpret foreign currency to be the legal tender. That means the legal tender foreign currency. Mm-hmm. So, not sure whether this particular rule can be applied, particularly when it is not equivalent to foreign currency. Secondly, it is not being settled into the recognized foreign currency. It is being settled into some other cryptocurrency, and there is no provision, and there is no circular, there is no rule regarding that. Yeah, can I, I do agree, Amit. Uh, but since you can't take that route by for not offering income in your taxation. No, no, no. I am not so saying that uh, we should not. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can't take that shelter in. And applying BC BC Srinivasan Shetty, extending the ratio of BC Srinivasan Shetty to the income side also, in case the provision of law is not clear, does not provide competition mechanism, then you cannot offer to tax. So that's going so, to be so that would be very expensive. Yeah, and if you yeah. take that, since you have to offer it to tax in your uh, in your ITR and in absence of any direct guidance, so that is the most safest guidance we can take uh, because in that situation at least it can stand in the courtroom. Uh, that this is the only guidance, and I have applied it rationally to my case. So that's the case. That's the reason I can think of rule 115 is the most appropriate one in this case. Remember, uh, rule 115 it says TT buying rate of the last uh, the, the the last day of the preceding month. But here there is no in the last day of the preceding month there is no fixed rate because the currency of the crypto they varies from exchange to exchange and it varies drastically per day also. So for example. If I take the last uh, trading, I mean the last day of January, it will have various rates in yeah. various exchanges yeah. in India. So it becomes very difficult to get that. Even if you, if it, even if you apply that rule one one five, it becomes very difficult to get the rate because there's no RTT rate or you know fixed rate. They have several rates, floating rates throughout the day in in through uh, in several exchanges. So I struggle over there. You know, when I have to convert that. Yeah. Price. Actually, that so rule has not been drafted, keeping the crypto in mind. Huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. That challenge remains max. So you know, the only thing is then you'll have to see the actual amount that has been spent, or then you'll have to go by that if. Because then there's there's no the actual amount that has been spent again. There's no you can't say because you're exchanging it for another currency and again you're selling the currency for another currency. So it becomes right, very yeah. very you know very so, very difficult. So, so I think I can give my recommendation. I, Sorry, I, yeah. This is what I've done. If you if you can uh, you know say with that, this is my recommendation. I've always gone to the uh, Indian exchange or the any exchange and taken for the cost of acquisition. I've taken the lowest possible rate for the day, and for the cost of sale, I've taken the highest possible rate of the day for so that the difference is maximum. And my gain is maximum, and I'm not depriving the uh, the tax department of any income. So that's my defensive approach. Uh, do you all have? Do you all think that's good, good? So Max, if if you can't compute it, so there are chances that the department won't be able to 
compute it as well. So in that situation, the whatever amount you take, that would be acceptable to the department because there is no formal exchange or there is no history of the uh, of the rates on any particular time on any particular date. Definitely, you can get it. So what you can do, you can take the closing rate on that uh, of that currency on any particular exchange, and that should be recognized or that should be a popular exchange. I believe that it should be acceptable and that won't be opposed by the department. So again, the definition Hope of that answers your question, Max. Uh, I'm sorry, there are other listeners waiting. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you Thanks for everyone for answering. Yeah, so next we have uh, Mr. Sham. Yeah, Please hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, my question is to Amit, and I also heard uh, Divya speak about it. Uh, would you have any guidance on reading material or any circular? Uh, regarding the tests that need to be applied to distinguish between STCG and business income. Uh, I did read up something about it. Uh, while I could read generic statements, I could not get uh, very uh, clear quantitative measures. So I was wondering if uh, any of you would have some thoughts yes, on this. There is a circular issued by Central Board of Direct Taxes. I think there are two circulars. On this particular aspect, which gives the guidance how to make a distinction between an investment activity or a business activity. So they have listed down. So they so that circular analyzes various judgments of High Court and the Supreme Court on this particular issue and lays down the criteria. Uh, yeah, Mr. Sham. So if you want to yeah. note down, I can give you that circular number. Yes. Yes. Uh, so just please note down. So there are three uh, circulars and circulars and instruction. Okay. Circular number four of two thousand seventeen. Yeah, four of two thousand seven. Right, that I have read. Uh, yeah, okay. June fifteen two thousand seven. Correct. And then instruction number one eight two seven, dated uh, August thirty first nineteen eighty nine. One minute. The second one is instruction. Instruction number one eight two seven. Okay. Uh, dated August thirty first nineteen eighty nine. And uh, we have circular number six, oblique two thousand sixteen. Okay. Uh, dated twenty ninth February two thousand sixteen. Okay. And there is also letter uh, file number two twenty five, oblique twelve, oblique two thousand sixteen. One minute, sir. One letter file number two twenty five. Yeah. Oblique twelve. Yeah. Oblique two thousand sixteen. Okay. Dated May second two thousand sixteen. Okay. Great. And uh, so there are few more cases. So you can uh, also note down thirty-five ITR five ninety-four. Thirty-five ITR five ninety-four. And one zero seven ITR six thirty-seven. One zero, sorry. One zero seven ITR six thirty-seven. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. It thank, was a thank you, Mr. great Sam. help. Thank you. Uh, Ram. Uh, firstly, thank you so much for allowing me to uh, uh, allowing me to speak amongst all, all you uh, honorable people. So first, so firstly, I would like to ask one. I had two questions in general. The first question is regarding when I'm holding a cryptocurrency. If I'm just holding it, I'm not. I haven't sold it. I haven't made trades. Nothing. Will it be? Uh, can it? Is it taxable while I'm holding it, or only once I liquidate it and make it into fiat? That's the first question. The second question is, if I'm doing so, you, you can you can put cryptocurrency in wallets and you can move it out of the exchange and things like that. So if I'm sending someone else crypto or if I'm sending myself crypto into another one of my wallets, will those be taxable? These are my two questions. Sure. Okay. So Ram, 
as a, so as a general remark just if you have just purchased the cryptocurrency and put it in the wallet the activity of holding all by itself should not result into any kind of a taxation however suppose uh, i'm just taking a scenario suppose you uh, suppose you are a miner and you indulge into the activity of mining and uh, thereafter you mine the cryptocurrency and keep it in your wallet but you do not sell it so that could technically be regarded as your stock and the closing stock and the fair value of closing stock is regarded to be the credit side into the pnl and that could influence your profitability that could in that, that could generate a profit element in your hands even the activity of holding but if you do but if you do not qualify to be a miner or you do not indulge into the business activity it is just an investment activity just holding activity should not result into into a taxable um, uh, taxable income in your hand and uh, act, the act of transfer of cryptocurrency from one wallet to another wallet should also not result into any kind of a gains or any kind of a tax incidence on you the only thing ram that you need to bear in mind is that if you are holding the asset then depending on if because it's an indian asset if it is in india then if your income is above 50 lakhs then you would need to disclose it in your income tax return yeah. uh but that's only when, when i say 50 lakhs is only when i sell it right if i don't sell it it's no no, no. Not- it is if your total income is above 50 lakhs not from this then there's a schedule al which needs to oh, be okay, okay, okay. In the income tax no, return but, yeah yeah no, got it but even okay even if my total income is above 50 lakhs i need to say i have so much amount of money in crypto in this space am i right is that what you're saying yes you need to disclose in so, the schedule al i think yeah you have to disclose the schedule al and if there's any liability against that also then you need to disclose that but otherwise i mean you have to just show it in the schedule al yeah okay and and will it be taxable then or just i just it's just that i have to show no this is just a disclosure requirement yeah. okay fine okay fine perfect Th- thank you so much thank uh, you answer all my questions oh uh, thank you ram uh, before we uh, take the closing statements i have one question uh, if the government does define crypto as an asset or commodity uh, given the ta- uh, rules or taxation r- regulations right now can it give a sense of how uh, i mean how taxation will c- come up uh, i mean i understand there is a commodity transa- uh, transaction tax now of 0.01% so if crypto is defined as commodity will it be applicable there or any new tax that will come uh, come up uh, while buying so uh, uh, abhinav i just want to give another color to this question there could be possibility of levy of equalization levy suppose if you are buying and selling uh, crypto which is listed at an offshore exchange not an indian exchange uh, so there could be and if it is classified to be a commodity then there could be a levy equalization levy of 2% on the trading of uh, the cryptocurrency as well right uh, so i mean there is one i mean uh, investors are trading one uh, aspect to it matthew can we expect some form of retrospective taxation on crypto absolutely not i think the government is very 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 clear that they are not going to touch that word retrospective <laughs> or anything forget they have already burned the <laughs> that's i think that's the reason yeah. that was uh, against big corporate houses not <laughs> at, at the individual level no but i i don't think there's a i don't think there is any logic for a retrospective uh, tax also if 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 volumes of crypto purchase and trading increase 
Um, I think even what we are at right now, which is fairly high, will be dwarfed by what will happen in 2022 and 2023. So I don't. I think. I think my expectation is government will be future facing, not looking towards the past. Right. Yeah, especially you know when now the government has you know in different forums uh, expressed that they are not looking at any retrospective you know uh, applicability of the laws. Although I agree with both of uh, both Matt and Divya, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the way the recent past that we have seen certain amendment has been introduced. So the way it has been introduced, it is hereby clarified. So it is more of an explanation, and then it is left to the interpretation to the court whether this explanation should be read retrospectively or prospectively. So although they will not come out retrospectively very expressly, but this kind of a things can cannot be ruled out. And if they were to do that, then for the I mean you know I mean the general rules of principles would apply you know in terms of investment or business profession. So those those provisions would you know I think the government would look at those provisions when they come out with framing the. Taxability, tax positions on these. Yeah. So, in any way, um, investors can prepare for that. I mean, for the scenario where there is a re- retrospective taxation. I think investor, irrespective whether any clarification comes or not, investors should uh, should take a conscious call upon whether it should be classified to be business income or a capital asset, and also record the reasons of uh, making that classification, and should follow the consistent behavior because, as of now, also. no one can say that crypto the trading of the cryptocurrency is something which is which is outside the scope of the income tax act it is still under the purview of the income tax act people need to pay their taxes on this particular activity yes there are certain issues of classification but uh, at the same time investors should take their own call should take the expert advice and try to uh, offer to tax in a consistent manner should declare in their return of income and just to i mean just one last bit on that is that even if it is not legal there are several rulings which state that if even if income is not legal it is still liable to be it taxed still, you yeah. cannot escape taxation just because an income is illegal yeah and if i can just jump in while we've all pointed out the areas of lack of clarity um uh, and amit navin and divya you guys should be best place to answer this but i my understanding from from tax consultants we work with is that there is a consistent approach to taxation for 90% of crypto tax issues would that be a a correct classification uh, amit navin divya yes i would agree that people who are dealing in it they have already taken a position on the cryptocurrency whether it they should offer to a business or capital asset and how they should offer so they have already taken a position Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week with a fresh episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me at neel.b@livemint.com. To give us feedback, you can reach out to us also on HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. और सुनो नए नजरिए से दिस वॉज अ मिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट